2: It's showtime, folks! Enjoy the show. Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is up. It's going to be like 120 out here, Andy. What happened to spring? It like when? Oh, there was no spring in Arizona. It was like spring for three days, and now it's like a hundred. Yeah, is it really
0: seriously? Oh
2: yeah, it was snowing in Chicago. I had friends back there, and it was like last weekend. It was snowing, and I thought it's like 97 degrees here. This is
0: messed up. Well, that is unacceptable. That's right. Somebody ought to fix that. What is it right now? Right now, as we record this at 730 in the morning, what is it right now? Hey, Siri,
1: what's the temperature in Phoenix right now? Let's see what Siri says. 71 right now.
0: It's 49 degrees here.
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, today is supposed to be only a high of 93, so.
0: It's cooling down. 93.
1: It's cooling down.
2: We're getting into outdoor casting weather, you know. If we're going to be it's up past this early. that, true. No, seventy degrees isn't too bad if you're in the shade. Yeah. If you're not out in direct sunlight, you'd be okay. Yeah.
0: What do we? Uh, what do we know? How's your movie week? Good. I we I mean, we can go back
2: to we I and mean, we can wait till to Marvel to talk about everybody's you know reviewing, but uh, of, of Endgame. But I I watched last night. Um, what was it Leave No Trace? Which mm. I kept, kept hearing things about and that's up in your neck of the woods.
0: Yeah, literally. right, right. It's yeah. literally in my neck of the woods. Like it's ten yes. minutes from my house. I was gonna say that's your backyard that they filmed that in, right? Right, right. Yeah. That's I had
2: I really, really enjoyed that. I actually watched that with uh with my daughter. She didn't know what was going on. I just put this thing on. It was on uh canopy and she's uh, like what's this? I said, Well it's a story about this, you know father and daughter and they live in the woods and she said is this a documentary or is this fiction i said it's fiction and she said okay and at the end she said i i really i really like that because it's not your typical teenager you know comedy thing action thing it's a really quiet just sort of character piece about this relationship between you know this in this family and decisions that they have to make and I was really impressed. It's one of my favorite movies from 2018 that it just it just hit me. And I, I think it's the, the family piece to it, but it just so well done. And that I had to look into who made it. I was like, oh yeah, Winter's Bone. That's another one that uh, I remember having that sort of same response of, I haven't seen something like this in a long
0: time. And it just really well done. Simple story. Really, really well done. Yeah. It's one of those that, I mean, it's you know, it it is done exceptionally well for such a quiet film. Like, I mean, even mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes is still, you know, it's performing incredibly well. Um On, you know, the audience is really connected <sighs> with the with the movie. So, and well, that was a trailer yeah, pick, that's nice. wasn't it? It was. So, yeah, yeah. I
1: sense a uh, trailer
0: rewind episode. It could be a possibility. Yeah. Oh, it's a it's a lock for trailer room. Come on, JJ. He he practically lives there. He won't and he it's, won't be scared. He won't have to watch it from behind the couch or down the hallway no, or any,
2: anything like that. Oh, that's right. Have you guys seen anything except Endgame Do, since you know, last
0: week? I'll tell you. It's for me. It's just been like uh, crushing week after week of Game of Thrones stuff. So I ah, yes. I have been you know. Buried in cast interview watching and clip watching and just trying to suss out what are they going to do now that after this week, my pet theory of how the show is going to end has completely been obliterated. And so I don't know what to do with myself. I had I was a lock like I thought this is going to this is absolutely going to be what happens. And then they did something this week that that crushed all my dreams and hopes. And now I'm awash at sea. Uh, with the Game of Thrones, are you guys watching it? Don't, I know, Andy, you're probably not um, yet. No, not yet. No, not yet. Like, like not watching the show at all, or just not watching this season.
2: I, I, I'm reading the books. Oh dear. And yeah, I know. And I, I started. This was the thing. It was I'd heard so much hype about it. We didn't have HBO. Went to the library, started watching, and it was just like, I'm really into it. My wife's like, eh. It's the HBO porn factor where she's just like, I just, you know, why can't they just focus on the story? This is just gratuitous where she's like, I don't, she's like, the story's not compelling me that much. And I was like, yeah, all right. I just, I think I was halfway through the first book at that time. I'm like, you know, I'm enjoying the books. I'll get to that. I always prefer reading the books and then watching the adaptation. And I know there's a divergence that happens. I'm really enjoying the books. I'm really enjoying getting to know these characters in depth. And I'm, I'm concerned that a condensed version, I'm going to have that factor of like, there's so much being left out and being disappointed with the show. Well, yeah. Well,
1: the books are fantastic, but just be forewarned that he hasn't finished it. And at the way he's going, it might not. (laughs) He's he's, he's not,
2: he's not the only one. The other one is, is Patrick Rothfuss and his, uh, trilogy, and he, I'm with both these guys, I'm like, dude, just sit down and write the dang thing. I know you got all these other projects you're enjoying, but your fans would really like you to sit down and finish this stuff that you started, mm-hmm. uh, but it's like their celebrity has gotten in the way of them getting back to finishing... The things
0: that got them to where they were. Well, their celebrity and their their work on the show. Like in the case of of George Martin, like he's he's written scripts for the show. I don't know what how much he's written this season, but uh, I feel like this. To your point, Steve, the sort of acceleration. It frustrates me a little bit that they that this is a short season, even though they're giving us longer episodes. Like this week's episode was an hour and a half or something, and and it still felt like. I'll just say, for those who haven't seen it, this week's episode was a culmination and sort of the resolution of a particular storyline that has been running since season one. So it was, for those of us who watch the show, a big deal. And even at an hour and a half, that resolution felt rushed. It felt like we'd been moving toward this, and it resolved so quickly I had to watch the last half hour again. It was just like not satisfying. It happened so fast. and uh, and so i I don't know how they're gonna do the last three episodes of the film, but they've got, let's just say a lot to do. It is the the end game of um, you know, it it's yet another yeah. one of these things with you know, Fifty central characters that we have oh, to yeah. resolve their storylines in about six hours of screen time, and that's that's hard to do. Um, and so, everything I've heard is once again like Endgame. The actors have all been crying, and they're all very excited yeah. about how it ends. And it's ver- and and I want to have that experience. I'm primed for it. I'm deeply emotionally invested in the universe. I think it's I think it's going to be great, but it's happening really fast, and that's ugh makes me sad.
2: So so speaking of crying my uh my oldest who has uh and I I think this just gets to certain people are find their their path in life and they're 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 built a certain way and they they find their fit with things Hannah has wanted to be a veterinarian since she was 5 mm-hmm. and it's you know dealing with animals that's one of those heartbreaking things she, she does not cry at movies she's i don't know she's able to just like distance herself so she texted me yesterday, you know, saying, "Hey, I'm listening to the Endgame film board." And I said, "Okay, tell me what you think." And she said, "Well, I think it's funny that everybody's talking about crying and all these tear-jerking moments because I wasn't really close to crying at all. I felt <laughs> sad, but I walked out and was like, "Okay, that's fine." Which I think is great because she's going to have to people are going to be bringing their their their, you know, Little fur babies to her that she at one point is going to have to perform surgery on or put them down, and she's able to just distance herself emotionally and say, "Okay, I'm not going to break down and cry as I put down you know this you know you know family's you know friend that they've had for you know twelve years or a little you know puppy or something." So she's able to just put this barrier around and the tears don't come out. She's she has cried at Dead Poets Society and. Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. So she is capable of crying. And I thought this one would get her. I thought there would be at least one point where, the, but she said, no, no, no tears from her on this one. So she just, she, now people in the theater, she said, yeah, she she heard them crying and all that, but just, yeah, didn't, didn't get to her. I thought, oh, God, child,
0: you are, you are cold hearted. Wow. Sometimes. I wonder where, how, how big a crossover that is of, of criers that cry at both Endgame and me, Earl and the Dying Girl. Like, is that yeah. almost a perfect <laughs> circle, or puppies. is it not a circle at all?
1: <laughs> well, but think yeah. about when you were young, when did you start crying yeah. in movies? Because I don't think I ever cried in movies as a kid. I think it's something that happened as I got older.
2: Are we are we gonna go there? Because I have. Do you have a story? I, I have an embarrassing. I I do have an embarrassment. It was. I think I saw it in the theater. Um, this is weird. It's well, you know how kids connect with movies differently. For me, it was the what it was nineteen seventy seven. The Jeff Bridges King Kong, when Kong is shot down and he's there like on the streets of New York dying. I, I think I was in tears because there's this. Poor innocent, you know, huge ape that was taken from his home and it wasn't any fault of his own. And they killed him. And it really upset me as a kid. And I, that's one where I, you know, who won't cry to that is your daughter because it's an animal. And she, yeah. Won't, she won't well, cry. yeah, exactly.
0: She'll be like, well, yeah. And she's like, eh, it's a movie. <laughs> I know. Uh, I, I thought it was, I, I don't remember. I think I cried at uh, ET. Um, I cried. Oh, gosh, I, I mean, I I I think I'm an emotionally invested kid in movies. Like I mm-hmm. I started welling up early, and I was actually gratified to see. Like I asked my, it was 3D when we saw Endgame, and so even though I was like staring at my children as I'm watching watching them watch the movie, uh, I couldn't quite tell when they were crying. And and uh, at the yeah. end, my I asked my son, like, when did he, like, did he well up at all? He's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, and he's 13. Um, oh, my and, kids don't uh, cry in movies. Really? Yeah, Wait. Uh, Olivia will get emotionally no. invested in
1: something like, uh, like when I took her to Everest or took her to uh, the Finest Hour. But, but she she it, she doesn't cry. She just gets like heartbroken, and she'll like curl in my lap, and and you know, like she's really upset that people Traumatized. are dying. Yeah, she's, it's, it's okay, trauma, so but there's no tears. <laughs> But Endgame, she looked at me, she kept looking at me and like smirking, like, I can't believe my dad's crying
0: at (laughs) (laughs) those. That's that's what I got through the whole movie. I think, I think my, I I don't know, I like to think that my daughter cried. Uh, I think the big cap moment, the the big twist, I'm not, I won't say it, but the big cap moment, I think is, might've drawn some joyous, uh, joyous welling. Uh, from her I know she nearly stood up and got out of her seat I had to hold her down so there's that there's an enthusiasm and it also comes with a rage on the other side like even though like where my kids won't cry on the other side they'll get mad at movies and and they'll they'll hold grudges I'm glad we got that figured out Steve Steve Ray (laughs) is a complete badass
1: (laughs) 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 I finally watched Halloween 3 season of the Witch. Oh and? that's an interesting one. I, I yeah. it wasn't it was far from a perfect film, but I had a lot oh, of fun yeah. watching it and I'm like, why could people not have allowed this idea of an anthology franchise to take off? Because I loved yeah. the whole concept, but I think because it failed, they're like, Nope, nope, we better go back to uh what we did in the first two and yeah. then we had just a yeah. whole series of of all of those that, you know, the Michael Myers, uh, you know, I, yeah. I don't think that they ever got better after the first one. And so, so it's unfortunate, but, um, but I, I loved the idea. It was, it was a fun concept that they kind of created this anthology series that's just loosely tied around Halloween. And, you know, certainly with horror films and horror anthologies and things like that, it's a, it's a fun way to tell these stories and it would have been cool, but. It's worth checking out. Just just don't go in expecting Michael Myers and uh uh or or a perfect film. It's far from a perfect film, but it is at least fun and entertaining. Is it
0: as good or better than Jaws 3 in 3D? Oh, it's better than Jaws 3. <laughs> what? Far better How than Jaws 3. How can you possibly 3. say that? Jaws 3?
1: <laughs> I loved it at the time, but probably because it was 3D. It's probably my first 3D movie. But it was. Oh God, have you have you gone back to that one? It is so bad. No. Why oh, would one that, go back God, so to bad. that movie, that's, Andy? That's
2: the that's the Dennis Quaid one, yes. right? Just, yes. Dennis, Dennis Quaid, Quaid and, it, and it, Bess Armstrong. It, it sea World, basically. Yes. It's sea World. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I yeah. think
0: I think that film is the film that I, I've been thinking about it a lot lately because I, that, that film would is would the film that? that actually. Because I think that's where I sprung my anxiety around aquarium glass. Oh. I just oh, don't buy it. Okay. I don't, that, I don't that buy that it works. Sense. And I think it was Jaws who actually uh, helped, helped me sprout that little thing. I think about it every time. And then when Aquaman came back, out, back around, I thought, okay, shark could make it through that glass. <laughs> yeah. That, that CG shark could totally make it through that CG glass. <laughs> so, uh, man, I had such a crush on Bess Armstrong, though, back in the day. Woof. I watched that. I I saw that movie multiple times in the theater. It's a 3.6 on the IMDb. uh, Oh! sorry, No, it's not a good movie. (laughs) And where's Halloween
1: 3? That's a great question. It's certainly higher than that. I'm going to guess 6.5. A
0: 4.8, Andy. wow. Yeah.
2: yeah. (laughs) Well, it's better than that. It's better than that.
1: (laughs) I think a lot of people rate it based on the fact that it's not a Michael Myers film. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's
2: yes. They have that's. The, they went thinking they were going to get Coke, and they got their magic Shamrock yeah. uh, root beer there instead. Their magic yeah, Shamrock it. root beer. Do you know that doesn't know is, <laughs> is it magic Shamrock or Silver <laughs> Shamrock? Is it magic or Silver? Silver Shamrock. Samrock. Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Two more no, right. days yes. Halloween. Halloween. Halloween.
0: <laughs> it's really. It's really <laughs> incessant <laughs> that mm. that commercial. <laughs> All right. Uh, What do we have in Marvel news? Other than the movie doing really, really well, uh, which I
1: think everybody knows because it seems like it's all the news. Um, Breaking records left and right. Uh, And then let's see what else. Uh, We got some new faces joining Agents of
0: S.H.I.E.L.D., I believe, right? Yes. and I guess. I'm not up on that news. Hold on. Let me. What do we know? Uh, da, 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 uh
1: well let's see clark Gregg is uh, directing the premiere episode of season six which is going to premiere um this coming friday may 10th uh and then yeah. let's see in the new faces we have izel played by carolina Wydra. we have malachi played by christopher christopher james baker dr marcus benson played by barry shabaka henley and uh those are the three new people that are going to be uh, showing up in season six
0: i i don't know i think it's great it it's one of those shows that like it's it's been on the bubble for so long like just trying to figure out is it is it does it have a solid season 5? Now, yes, it does. It has a really solid season 5. Does it have a solid season 6? Uh and I think that this one is is a abbreviated season, right? I think they're only getting a half half season 13 episodes. Um and that makes me sad because I think I personally really enjoyed the show. Um but it'll be interesting to see, again, are, are they going to have to rush it to figure out how to tie up these storylines that, that maybe had already been sort of resolved when they were uncertain at the end of season five. So sometimes that can lead to kind of a disappointing final season. Yeah, I guess. Although, I I have to say that, that the fact that Clark Gregg, um, you know, is back as a new character... What are they going to do with him? Apparently, he's coming back as a character named Sarge. Sarge yeah, <clears throat> yeah, uh, that's going to be really interesting. And they've given, um, you know, Chloe Bennett is is further, you know, evolved in her Quake character, which I really enjoy. I think that that's one of those characters I would love to see, you know, make a transition to the to the big screen. So, yeah, Daisy Johnson. It'll be interesting. Yeah, it will be interesting. I'm excited about that.
1: Yeah. And then uh, let's see what else is going on in, in Marvel news. They've got oh, this is this is I think something that everybody has been waiting to find out about. Um, that if you go to Disneyland after dark, heroes assemble, which is the the Marvel theme where they have all the Marvel characters uh, running around. They now have a mission where you can gather six Infinity Stone churros. <laughs>
0: What? (laughs) What? What are we talking about right now?
1: Okay. Yes, the the article says it's a ticketed after-hours event. The Disneyland After Dark Heroes Assemble. It's a ticketed after-hours event held at Disney California Adventure. It allows guests to live out their superhero fan dreams. Throughout the night, special event-themed treats were available, notably six Infinity Stone-themed churros. <laughs> you have to build a team, get an Infinity Gauntlet, gather the churros to win the night.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I just love that. Oh, no. So I, I sure
2: hope that fun. time churro lets you go back and eat it over and over again. <laughs> Wow. Yeah they, yeah, they have it all posted.
1: Yeah. I mean and it's I mean serious, like you have an actual it's like a gauntlet, like a full on Thanos gauntlet that you're that you're wearing. It's, it's it just a it's a gauntlet.
0: Churro sticking out of it? It's actually, like... it's
1: actually a gauntlet. <laughs> this is this is good to know. It's actually a gauntlet sipper uh <laughs> that is actually what? full of yes. cherry coke. It's got a, a, a straw coming out of its uh the thumb joint, so you can drink your cherry yes, coke. I'm... Let's see. The Soul Stone um, was retrieved from Carsland Cozy Cone Motel. <laughs> it was an orange flavored <laughs> uh, churro. Then you Gross. had the Space okay. Stone, which was a blue raspberry flavored churro at the Paradise Gardens Park. You had a uh, uh, let's see. Um, the Mind Stone was at Pixar Pier. It was lemon flavored. Then you had the Reality Stone. It was uh, cherry flavored in Hollywoodland. The Power Stone was blackberry flavored. In uh, where is that one? It doesn't say. The Time Stone is the. Uh, it doesn't say where that one is. Uh, apple, green apple flavored though. So green
0: apple churro. Yeah, mm, I have suit to suit up, everybody. I have
1: to. I'm gonna. Uh,
0: Oh send, send you have you to share that picture, picture
1: because it's fantastic. <laughs> oh my goodness, it is hilarious to look at here. I'll drop it in I don't know where I'm going to drop it oh, here.
2: Those do not look appetizing at all. Did you find it? Oh. Yeah, I well I I've, I've, I you started talking about it. I said I have to find out if this, there I'm just putting it in the MMM and, community oh
1: channel for you guys to look at all right it's really oh uh, oh god yeah
0: oh god why would any why there it's like blue purple orange yellow don't eat those people don't eat those and then it's a cup like it's you're supposed to like fill the whole gauntlet with cherry coke with cherry coke not at the same time. No, you drink that first, yeah. Right, and then, yeah, right. And then, then you can, dip your yeah. <laughs> dip yeah. your sugar donut in it. Oh wow. Uh, okay. Oh. Well, I, I gotta move on from that gastrointestinal yeah. disaster. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do. I realize I do have some some uh, Marvel uh, show news. Can we talk about Hulu? Sure. Okay. What's, what's, uh, what's going uh, on? There, the have you gotten to the Ghost Rider um, uh, bit in Agents of Shield? either do I, him, not I have I'm Shield, still in season so, 1 now. So that's a, super that's a hard behind. no. Yeah. Okay, here's the thing. Yeah. Uh Ghost Rider is there's a whole season where Ghost Rider is a principal character and um it, it, it the part is played by Gabriel Luna and he is terrific. Uh Gabriel Luna is he's in a whole bunch of other stuff. He was in uh, True Detective and Wicked City and Matador and he's in the upcoming Terminator Dark Fate. Uh and uh, so he's a he he's a fantastic and talented actor and uh, it turns out as Variety reports that Hulu is bringing a Ghost Rider live action series uh, and... Uh, Gabriel Luna is coming back to play that, moving over from oh. uh, ABC to Hulu, and so I think this is going to be really fun because if anything, he showed that uh, Ghostwriter, his Ghostwriter, is is one that's incredibly compelling to me, and um, I think they did uh, they did just the right stuff, just the right backstory. Not sure how much they're going to give it time to do backstory if they're just going to jump right into to story. I think it would be great if they just jumped right into story and pick up where Agents of Shield left off, as long as it's you know in universe might as well lean in on that and uh, so i'm i am uh, very excited to see what robbie reyes is going to do uh now that he moves over to marvel hulu mulu yeah <laughs> uh right. yeah it should be really fun and it, you know in in addition to all of the the hulu animated stuff that they've got coming on and runaways which is going into its third season uh, it's, it's, Hulu is now the place for, uh, Marvel stuff until Disney Plus launches. Now, I'm actually not sure if this is going to launch on Hulu before Disney Plus comes out. We'll see. That'll be interesting. No dates yet, but it's coming. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. Right.
1: It's good to know it's not, uh, reprising the Ewan McGregor ghostwriter.
0: Is that, no. is that too obscure the, or a y- y- joke? Y- Ewan McGregor's ghostwriter. <laughs> What? Are, are you referring what? to his where he did his motorcycle ride around the world or something? No,
1: with him and Pierce Brosnan. You don't remember Ghostwriter? <laughs> what I don't. <laughs> it's Ghostwriter. Oh, Ghostwriter! Oh, ghost oh, oh like
2: I, I totally said, I remember. Oh, way too
1: obscure a joke. Yeah, that oh, was officially oh, too obscure a well done. No coffee, no. Uh, not enough coffee to no.
0: pull that off. Do you want to go out. get some? We'll wait. <laughs> no, not enough coffee for you guys, no. clearly, to yeah, catch Kirk on cried. with my, oh. <laughs> because, my because, sheer yeah. comedic brilliance. You have had too much coffee, and that your comedic brilliance shoots over our heads. Uh, right.
2: Because that's an that's a interesting Venn diagram of the Marvel Universe with Roman Polanski. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's just not a lot of. Overlap there that I think happens. Yeah. You're 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 in a you're in a small 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 group there. I, I know. know I know. Roman Polanski superhero the tenant. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, oh my gosh, the ghost writer, the pianist. Yeah. Oh my, he's got his yeah. own cinematic universe. There is, is. The a <laughs> cinematic
1: universe. <laughs> yep. We're never going to see how they tie great. together,
0: unfortunately.
1: I want, I want somebody oh. to build that. That'll <laughs> have to be the uh, the the Polanski Marvel. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, it's, is, the, uh, is that
0: the
2: PCU
0: the oh. PCU and just wait for the theme park kids <laughs>
2: <laughs> no no kids allowed in that theme park
0: come oh. on down to Polanski land 18 <laughs> and over NDAs required <laughs> oh wow
1: <sighs> All right, we, we, <laughs> we gotta, gotta get out of triggers. this one quick Yeah, fle- okay, going right. down going down
0: Let's do some trailers. Do we have, do we have any that, uh, that suggest an order?
2: I don't think we have any A24 or, or Red Band. No,
0: we don't. Oh, then what do we do? We
2: can go in chronological order in the setting of the movie. <laughs> okay, <laughs> the let's of- do that. Wow. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Sure. That's weird. That's That's exactly the. Then I guess I go first (laughs) because we've got two period pieces. So I thought I don't know. We'll get those out of the way.
0: Outstanding. I'm very excited. Then Uh, my film is. It's actually been floating around for a while. uh, It premiered last year at Sundance. It is uh, the Claire McCarthy directed Ophelia. Uh, tells the story of the rebellious and motherless child Ophelia taken to Elsinore Castle by Queen Gertrude, played by Naomi Watts. Uh, As the lady-in-waiting, Ophelia captures the affections of young Prince Hamlet. Yes, you know the story, but this time it is told over her shoulder, not his, and uh, the uh, part of Ophelia is played by Daisy Ridley. Uh, I think that this trailer looks really interesting. It is... um, uh, it's one of those that uh, again we're taking that the classic work and we're pivoting it and we're seeing we're changing perspectives and I uh, I enjoy the look of the film uh, and it's one that serves as a curiosity to me. Is this going to be one that that um, you know that I, I I like when they they pivot these stories and we get to see the the perspective of the story from this different character. It is kind of unique to Shakespeare maybe uh, where we have this opportunity. And I wonder whose story I like better. I really enjoyed Rosencrantz and Guildenstern's. Um, so am I going to like Ophelia better than Hamlet's story? Maybe Shakespeare told the wrong character's principal story. Who knows? Oh, we're in the Hamlet cinematic universe. We are now. in the Hamlet cinematic universe. what do you guys think?
1: Was Rosencrantz and Guildenstern I... the first time that you guys know of where somebody took other characters in the story and told it from their perspective? It was the first time I was aware of it. Because it certainly has grown into a thing. I feel like it went from there to, who's it? Uh, oh, what's the guy's? the author's name, Gregory Dunn or something, who did uh, Wicked and yeah, like, the Confessions wicked. Of, a, of a Wicked Stepsister. And exactly. He kind of did all of those, and then that kind of spawned this whole... Um, Version of these stories, Van Helsing and, you know, looking at the whole story from a different character's perspective, Maleficent. um, It's an interesting perspective to take on stories. And I kind of like looking at stories from these other viewpoints. It's like looking at a war from different countries, uh, the way that they make their films. So you can kind of get how, you know, their country might have interpreted a particular Um, battle or something like that. I I think it's a really interesting way to tell a story. And this one looks really interesting. It's not a character I ever, sadly, gave much uh, thought to as far as that. Maybe it's because of the way her story ends (laughs) in the film. It's a trickier one to do. But it looked, I don't don't know, and it it looks like they're taking some liberties with the overall story, but it still looks... Mm really intriguing. And so to that end I was like, oh, this looks like something that uh, could be an interesting way to kind of enhance my enjoyment of the story
2: of Hamlet. I'm intrigued by this this approach the first one that i it, Those are all movies. I know it happened in literature. In R- Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead was a play first Tom Stoppard and then I was aware of that, but I think the first one that I was aware of in literature was uh White Sargasso Sea, which was made into a movie uh geez maybe 10 or so years ago but it was a novel written in the 60s that was taking a character from charlotte bronte's jane eyre and it takes the the you know rochester's crazy wife and it's her perspective of like what drove her insane uh and so i'm intrigued by the same thing with ophelia i think because of the exact point you make andy about ophelia it's it's a character not a lot of thought is given to uh sort of a mysterious character with a you know tragic end so i really intri- intrigued by what they're going to do with the overlap, sort of like in Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. How do you tell the story? How do you always get back to those points in the story that everybody's familiar with in Shakespeare's play? How will those scenes look now that we have a different context? And is it going to give us some you know, perspective and understanding to her overall story arc within Hamlet's story that, that's, it's a tough thing to pull off. I think when it's done well, it, it can be really, really rewarding. I, I don't know Claire McCarthy because the trailer, it said like from the visionary filmmaker, Claire McCarthy. I'm like, I don't know who Claire McCarthy is or what's visionary
0: about her work that she's done. Are, are either of you familiar with
2: Uh, mccarthy you know should i I be
0: i i don't know she's um you know she's done a a bunch of stuff that i haven't seen i have seen um a couple of episodes of the luminaries she was a director on the the luminaries uh, which was a the, the mini series um and you know it's it, it it's definitely that that is another period piece but it it stars oh, some people okay. that i'm into and um so it's an it's an interesting thing I mean, it takes place in new zealand in the 1860s and so it's um um you know she has a handle on on that stuff this seems like okay. clearly the biggest that she's done and um it is uh you know they're giving it a height of the summer release right june 28th in the u.s at least and so oh wow um, right. uh, yeah i mean it's it's interesting uh, but for me just like you guys said i mean the idea of giving ophelia a little bit of agency to see what takes her from this orphan girl to you know kind of losing it and having that sad end how are they gonna how are they gonna play that out in you know in this one curious so anyway june 28th get oh. ready for it cool off with a little ophelia this summer Take a nice dip in the pool. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) okay. That's gross. Okay. Okay.
2: Um, I, Oh, it's the eighties and it's teenagers. And so why wouldn't I pick a trailer like this? Um, this is blinded by the light, uh, set in 1987, uh, during, you know, Thatcher's Britain. We've got a story about a teenager, uh, Trying to find out, you know, fit find his place in society, uh, and despite I think being from Pakistan, finds a of his 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 plight, his trauma, his struggle is expressed no better than lyrics of Bruce Springsteen, um, and this is from director Gurinder Chadha, mm-hmm. who brought us uh, *Bend It Like Beckham* back in oh gosh, what was that like the early two thousands? Uh, but similar. Similar themes here of, you know, you're, you're finding your place, you know, your family and their culture versus where you're living and fitting in and identity and being true to who you are, even if it doesn't fit in with your family thinks you should be. Um, some really great visuals that I saw on the trailer. I'm really looking forward to to great, I think, coming of age, uplifting, positive story about, you know, strife of being a teenager. Uh, I will say I am not like a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. Uh, yes, there's songs of his that I enjoy, but he's one of these musicians that I feel like maybe now later in life with some life experience, maybe I'll connect with his lyrics. Didn't connect as strongly as our main character here uh, in, in Blinded by the Light did uh, in his teenage years. But this just looks like a lot of fun for the summer. uh I, There's the whole nostalgia factor of the 80s uh, and bringing the music. It seems like we talked about what we got the Beatles one uh, yesterday that's also coming out. So it's just like I think movies around music and the the strong role that music can play in people's lives uh, is when done well can be really, really rewarding. That's what I'm hoping for from this one. Uh, what, What did you guys think?
0: Uh, I loved it, uh, and in fact, I I was disappointed that you picked it as a trailer because I wanted to do it. I uh, knew you were going to say that. I said, you know, I'm going to take this, but it, I'm stealing
2: Pete's trailer. Yeah. is what I'm doing. Oh, <laughs> I'm, totally. I'm totally stealing Pete's trailer. It, yeah, one. I was
0: yeah. super into this trailer. I'm into all of the little visual tricks. I love the lyrics on this on screen and on objects around his head. I mean, everything about that I, just drew me in. I'm uh, the, you can just this feels like um, you know feels like Sing Street. And you yes, know how I felt yes. about Sing Street, so uh, I was a a big fan of this trailer. I cannot wait to see it. If I can just throw, I, I hope that it's one that gets a nice wide release because I want to throw money at it. Yes. <laughs> uh, so
1: the next one point two billion opening weekend.
0: Yes, that's right. By the way, <laughs> that's right.
2: <laughs> Pete will throw all of his money at it, and...
0: I'm going to throw all the money.
2: You're going to have to wait till August 14th to do that, Pete. Can you hold out that long? I don't
0: know. Where can I get a screener? (laughs) I
2: don't know. I think it looks
1: pretty interesting. I'm not a huge uh, Springsteen fan, but I still love the idea of this sort of uh, story. So it it really piqued my curiosity. I did actually work very briefly with uh, Gurinder Chad. I shouldn't say with – very briefly on a Corinda shot project when she came through Arizona to film here when she was doing *Bride and Prejudice* back in '04. Um, it was uh, oh. just one quick little uh, shot, basically, or a couple shots in a musical montage as they were singing themselves across the country, basically. And it was a shot of the the uh, the main couple um, singing up on the rocks in Sedona, so.
2: There you go. So clearly, you've got connections. You can get Pete. That's I can, fantastic. Yes, yes. What just, can you, know, you do? You just, Move that
1: Definitely not allow it to hit the 1.2 billion. Though,
0: just under. So Andy, why uh, why did you bring a horrifying, uh, destructive trailer to this segment? <laughs> I wonder because it's fun, Pete. Because it's fun. Um, uh, yeah, I
1: really. Uh, <laughs> You know, I was looking at trailers, and I'm like, "Oh, I have to do this one. it It's all oh, the yes, stuff that, <laughs> that terrifies me. Uh, you know, you've got uh you've got disastrous uh, hurricanes destroying Florida. and then of course, because of the amount of flooding, you have uh you have alligators, and uh, it just i mean, this trailer crawl, uh, directed by Alexandra Aja and produced by Sam Raimi, It just it it has a great claustrophobic feel that uh, I think works really well and uh, is pretty terrifying, Uh, but really fun. I mean, it's these guys behind it. It's bound to be kind of just a fun monster movie. You know, uh, that's exactly what this is. And it looks like it's going to be kind of a nonsensical fun film. Um, It was filmed in Serbia, not Florida, just to uh, clarify that. Um And yeah, it just, it's like a, you know, a get out of the house alive movie. You know, this, this girl played by Kaya Scodel- Scodelario, I believe is how you say her name. Um, uh, She's trying to help her father. She goes to her father's place as, as Florida's being evacuated, but he's hurt in the basement and they're trying to get out now as the house is flooding. And her father, of course, the wonderful Barry Pepper. And, you know, I don't know. I just, this looks so much fun. Um, it certainly looks better than what Aja did with his Piranha 3D film, which was a little... You shut your mouth. He went a little too cheeky, <laughs> I thought. But it was still, it was fun, but a little too cheeky. Still, it's he's an interesting director. And actually, a connection to our uh, Cedric Klapich uh, franchise, because it, of course, uh, Aja also directed High Tension, which starred uh, Cecily de France. So, there you go. Look at that. I, I found I a way to it connect is, it randomly.
0: I know. Like, it's the six colors of Cedric... Cent- or six... What is six it? Colors? Six colors. De- six de- six de- de- degrees, de- <laughs> degrees of Cedric Lappage. <laughs> oh, right. Um, uh, no,
2: it's the six, six colors of the gauntlet. You six six can do that. Colors. Six yeah. colors <laughs> of the Infinity Gauntlet. The six Infinity uh, stones. Churros. <laughs> uh,
0: the six churros of the Infinity Gauntlet. Look, it is Piranha <laughs> 3D that opens the door for me to be able to think about seeing Crawl. And I have to tell you, I'm into it. Like, I, I actually found myself, like... Intrigued, and I don't know why. I should be very upset by Gators, uh, and especially when I learned about that that whole thing where about crocodiles that climb trees. Oh, that's not <laughs> oh, good. Yes, <laughs> that's that's legit fear right there. Uh, but I I thought this this looked like just layering on so many horrors one after another. It finally got over the top for me, and I think I think this is one I'm going to see, uh, and and we'll see. Maybe I'll take the kids.
1: Not to mention that recent, (laughs) did you see that recent um, uh, viral video of the woman who was filming the alligator that was outside her house and it like climbed up onto her her windowsill to peek through? It's like, no, stay on the ground where you're
2: supposed to be. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Right. Stay in your lane, crocodile.
2: (laughs) What I loved about this is right from the onset, the trailer sets up, you know, puts to rest, like, why don't they just call somebody? No, it's Category 5 hurricane. There's no way for them to communicate. How can we isolate these characters in this house so that nobody's like, Oh, well, if they had just done, no, it's, there's nobody around, which I, I love. It, it gives us that isolation. It's just the two of them in the house. There's nobody coming to get them reasonably. We do eventually, of course, we're going to have to have somebody come, right? We're going to have to have some, mm-hmm. some police show and, and get chewed up. Uh, Cause where else can you go with this? But uh, so many just great moments in the trailer yeah, this is, it's going to be fun. Uh, will I go see it in the theater. I don't know. Maybe depends on what kind of buzz it gets, but this is, this is how you do. This is the horror films that I like. These, these thrillers, there's going to be all these jump scares. They're going to make me leap out of my seat into the aisle. Uh, and I'm going to know they're coming and I'm going to fall for it, but I'll, I'll enjoy the ride while I'm on it. And uh we haven't had a, an alligator movie like this in a while that I know of. <laughs>
0: I haven't been tracking Lake Placid sure might right. be the last one.
2: Oh yeah, yeah it you're may right. have been with, yeah. with Betty I, White. And, <laughs> I love that. and wasn't that that's that was like a huge alligator? Here, I love that it's it, we go small. You know, we, we're in a confined space, and it's a, you know, maybe a large alligator, but it doesn't have to be monstrous, monstrously large. It's it's still intimidating and threatening because you're stuck in a house with a you know a large alligator. That's
1: you know what they missed out on with this is. It's it's a flood. The the ocean is rising and and coming on to yeah. Florida. There also
0: should have been sharks. Yeah, well, that's well, the that, sequel.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's crawl and
0: swim. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's what that's what I was actually worried about that yeah. this was going to be yeah. more and I think the yeah. the scares in the trailer I think were just right. Like they weren't yeah. they they were serious intentional like scares they weren't like cheeky scares but then you look at the poster yeah. and I love the poster so much it might be my favorite so far this season it is the it is a suburban you know storm scene in suburban yeah. Florida and the, the sign if you read it kind of closely it's danger alligators are common in this area okay so far so good that seems like a sign I would read they can be dangerous oh okay yeah no I get it I get it they are known to stalk their prey okay now wait I've never seen that on a sign in, in the suburbs. They will hunt you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now I get it. And the tagline for the movie is, they were here first. Okay. Yep. All right. I'm in, Crawl.
1: Well, anyway, this one's opening this summer, July 12th. It'll be a little post-Spider-Man uh, joy to jump in and have some scares. Yes. There you go. All right. Let's do the list. Yes. Yeah, so this week, we are wrapping up our... Cedric Klappich uh, Spanish Apartment Trilogy with Chinese Puzzle. And uh, the the people, a few of them spoke. It wasn't a, an outpouring of votes. I think people were like, meh. Uh, not too many votes on this <laughs> one. Uh, but we did end up getting divorce films. That's where we landed. So we're here to talk about divorce films.
0: Um, all right. Well, I had a real trouble with this list. Uh, it, was, it was hard to come up with this list. I guess it's because... Divorces in movies don't like latch on to my you know memory. Like I just can't I can't place them. The movies that I can place are not movies that I liked very much. And so, uh, as soon as I started uh, digging in a little bit, it, I I found a couple that I really enjoy. Not necessarily for the divorces that are represented in them, but because I think they're better movies. And I'd like to open the bidding uh, with what I can only imagine might be a race to get this one on the list. And so I'm I'm glad that I'm first. Uh, that is 2011's Crazy Stupid Love uh, with uh, Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling, and Julianne Moore. And I, to me, I, I go back and I start watching a bunch of clips from this movie, and I remember what it was like when Ryan Gosling played a character that had personality. <laughs> and I, it was like such joy in that. He's been such a stoic for so long now that... Uh, like, I I really uh, remembered how much I enjoyed this film, and I, I thought it was, Steve Carell was just terrific in this movie, um, directed by Glenn Ficara and John Rickwa, and written by Dan Fogelman, Crazy Stupid Love. That's a good one. Yes. Yeah. We, I know it's come up
2: several times, because yeah. I love this movie just as much, and I, I think it's one of these sort of overlooked comedy gems. I don't know, because I... I remember seeing this and just having so much fun and thinking, why are people not, I don't know. It just doesn't come up that often, but it's, and it's been a while since I've seen it, but it just seemed so solid with such a great cast. So I think it's, yeah, people need to go see this. They need to track it down and see it. Yeah.
1: It's not a hard one to track down. It's pretty, pretty much out there everywhere, but it's, it's one worth watching
2: this one i saw i hadn't seen it in a long time and i saw it i was traveling for work and it was like on hbo and i was like you know i haven't seen this in a long time and does it hold up yeah i'm i'm surprised it does and my wife said the only reason you've, you're putting this on the putting this on your list is so you can say oh it's the claw the claw <laughs> is going to get you here comes the claw uh jim carrey liar liar and you know the separated parents and the and the kids wish Um, it's one I remember having a great time with, and I hadn't seen it in a long, long time. And I thought, you know, people may have forgotten about this Jim Carrey one, uh, his, his career sort of gone off the rails and it it was a nice, you know, peak of his career. And it, for me, it still really worked. It feels a little dated now in some aspects, but I just really had a good time seeing that one again, liar, liar.
1: That was gonna be on my list, but they were already divorced, so I didn't pick that one. He's oh. she's his ex already,
0: but that's okay.
1: Oh, all well, right. It still is a very funny movie. Yeah. yeah.
0: Totally. Andy in and his room. All right, Andy, what do you got? What's your number three? Cool.
1: For my first one, I'm going with a film that uh, I I feel like I owe a revisit to because I haven't seen it since it was in theaters, and I really just loved it. It was a great film called Waiting to Exhale, directed by Forrest Whitaker, based on Terry McMillan's uh, book. And it is about four uh, women who live in Phoenix, weirdly, before I ever had even considered living in Phoenix. Um, it's a It's a film about their lives and their relationships and there are they each have something going on one of them um she's uh she is the other woman she's having an affair and you know has convinced herself that he's going to leave his wife for her and finally has to come to terms with the fact that that's never going to happen another one is a, a single mother whose ex-husband has said he's gay and she ends up finally falling in love with a a, a new neighbor um, the third one I'm trying to remember, she's, uh, her married lover, I, uh, she's pregnant and, uh, her lover dumps her and, uh, or she dumps him and decides to raise the baby on her own. But then the, the Angela Bassett story, she is, um, uh, she finds out that her husband, uh, is going to, is been having an affair and is leaving her and uh, for a woman that he works with. And so they end up going through divorce and she ends up getting quite a, uh, uh, quite a settlement out of the whole thing. So that's the divorce in this film, but really it's a character film about these women. And I just loved their journey for each of these women in the film. Um, Whitney Houston, Angela Bassett, Leela Rashawn and Loretta Devine play the four women. And it's just a fantastic, uh, really kind of touching film that I don't hear people talking about much at all, but it's definitely worth checking out. Waiting to exhale.
0: I totally agree with you, Andy. And I really, reg- I almost want to give you a steal because it should have been. I didn't even think about this movie and I should have, and I regret it. It's a great pick. And it really bums me out that it's only a 5.8 on the IMDb. Oh, uh, so much better than that. Yeah. Sorry. It is so much better yeah. than that. Yeah. Uh, oh, great pick.
1: Have you seen it, Steve? No. Well, once you do, everyone else will. Everyone else
2: will. <laughs> 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 this is just not one that it was not one that yeah had any appeal for me and I I know Forrest Whitaker uh, I have no doubt it's a solid film it's just I don't it's not a story in nineteen ninety five what is nineteen 1995 yeah, yeah. The, the, this was this was I was this was not the demographic I was not the demographic for this movie so I it's um I may one day get around to. I enjoy good character, you know, stories. So.
1: Well, he's only directed four films. This was the is second it, of his four. The second? So, uh, yeah. But yeah, it's worth checking out. So if you ever get around to it... Um, uh, You'll yeah. know, because all the reviews will, will show up. It will yeah, start exactly. pouring Yeah, in. <laughs> that's
0: right.
1: All right, Pete, what's uh, your second one? All
0: right, my second pick is... Uh, it's a film about a divorced woman who uh, decides to hook up with this guy... And then also becomes uh, best friends with the guy's ex-husband. It's a little bit of a confusing story, uh, but it is fantastic. Why? Because Julia Louis-Dreyfus is amazing, and it doesn't matter what she's in. It's 2013's Enough Said. Uh, I... I only saw this movie because it was you know the the film that was released after James Gandolfini died right I think it was I think that's how the timing worked this was his last feature film and it took me a while to see it, but I, I wanted to see it because I like him so much. And, and so I caught this movie. I got to tell you, it was worth it. Um, I, I really enjoy the, the weird kind of um, trio between them. Uh, Catherine Keener, James Gandolfini, and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. They're just genuinely funny people. And the way Dreyfus handles... Awkwardness is I, like it just took me back. It took me back to the to the great Seinfeld days and, and all the stuff that I loved about Veep. And uh, I think she's just really talented. I I really enjoyed this movie. It is a seven on the IMDb scale. So if you haven't seen it, it's it's worth seeing if you're into the divorce stories. This was this was another one that was high on my list.
1: I missed that one. It I was uh, it piqued my curiosity, but not enough to ever get around to it.
0: I don't even remember hearing about this movie. It's it's worth I, it. It's, yeah. It, it's, okay. it's... Yeah. it's
2: Oh, well, i'll make sure to watch it this weekend
0: this <laughs> <laughs> <Lock and load. laughs>
2: wow does that mean
1: he well, just became patient zero
2: <laughs> i can't oh, handle I, that pressure uh, you guys
0: please don't
2: no i mean it's an interesting cast and yeah. um yeah i well first it makes me realize i can't believe it's been like gandolfini's been gone that long uh 2013 i just yeah Wow, yeah,
1: I mean, there's everything about this movie that I like, uh, you know, Nicole Holoff Center, I like her as a yeah. director, uh, yeah, I don't know i just it it wasn't something that uh that uh, got me going. I don't know, I just I missed it, it was very indie release,
2: yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. and yeah, it's just yeah, one of these it's it's not what I'm gonna go to the theater to see this is one of those you know back in the you know. 90s when i had cable tv if it was like flipping channels and if it was on like tbs or tnt or something yeah it might have grabbed my attention but it's not this is not a movie i'm going to actively chase down to see it's going to take a recommendation from somebody to say oh check this out and then if it shows up on netflix or hulu i'll add it to my watch list and then someday get around to it uh because yeah this isn't there's nothing that's like oh i have a, a must see on this yeah um well keep
0: an eye out I, for it at least now we've yeah, planted the seed and you know i mean did, yeah. did you guys see can you ever forgive me it's it's no, never got. it's on my list i still haven't seen it i am am very curious about that one uh, too uh, nicole holofsener has uh, wrote that one and um so it's especially after kind of revisiting this one it's yeah. it's worth oh, it okay looks good all right all right uh
2: steve number two Oh, what do I do for number two? Uh, Where are we going? I got. Okay, so the divorce. I know Andy's seen this one, and this one I just saw. And it it it, because Andy had good things to say about it. I did, you know. And it starts off with a divorce, the beginning. So the divorce happens, and it sets into action a whole ridiculous chain of events that sends Melissa McCarthy back to college in Life of the Party, (laughs) and. (laughs) What? <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it is. Oh my, yes. My wife and I watched it. We just, oh my gosh, I had so much fun with this. And again, Melissa McCarthy can be hit or miss on these. And this one just worked so well for us. And probably because our you know, oldest is off at her first year at college, there were just so many things that just resonated with us. And it just had a, a great uh, great time with this one. So it's, yeah, it's, it's recent. And a lot of people probably have seen it or should have seen it because it is so much
0: fun. So that's my second one, life of the part I have not seen it.
2: Oh, it's, sweet.
1: it's, uh, it's it well worth it. I watched, you know, I, I recently yeah. finished other than, can you forgive me? I recently finished my Melissa McCarthy marathon going through all of her films and it shot way up there it's number 3 behind spy and bridesmaids for me it's just so good wow. her character's amazing and it, it i couldn't show it to my kids because there are certainly plenty of no, things that, no, that no. don't <laughs> work but there were a few scenes that we watched together like when she's trying to give her presentation in front of her class and uh, yeah. ends up you know having a, a nervous uh, kind of a panic attack and that was, I mean, there are some scenes in that that just had us rolling on the floor. It's, it's oh, a brilliant, the, brilliant, uh, yeah. bit of comedy. So
2: to, to not spoil anything for Pete, but Andy, when they're, when they're there at the restaurant. Oh, yes. We, we, we had to pause and we were just, we, I, What? Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> lost it. Just brilliant. <laughs> this is this is really well thought out, well put together. Had oh my gosh. Yes.
1: Check it out, Pete. So much it's, fun. It's a great Check
2: right. it out, Pete. Right. Definitely I yes, I will gladly say Andy is patient zero. <laughs> he got me to see it and but no, oh my gosh. It's so much fun. Definitely not for kids. Yeah.
0: Well, Adding my second it to one the Watch is, list now. There you go. Steve says, okay. watch this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. <sighs>
1: uh, right. My second pick is a uh, Noah Bombach film, who's not usually uh, a director I click with too much. But this one I did, and I I don't know if it just felt like uh, me growing up with my own divorced parents or what, but there was a sense of of things in this film that just kind of – I mean, it's far from how my parents were, but it's still just like there were elements in it that just kind of rang really true for me. It is his 2005 film, The Squid and the Whale, which – I, uh, I really kind of clicked with, and, uh, it, you know, wonderfully, uh, played divorced parents by Jeff Daniels and Laura Linney as they're going through, um, uh, kind of their divorce. Uh, and then, uh, Jesse Eisenberg is, uh, is kind of the kid that we're following one of their two sons. And it's his story as he's kind of navigating this, uh, divorce of his, of his parents. And it's, it's a really... I don't know. It's, it's kind of a tough film to watch. It's, it's uh, not exactly kind of a you know, breezy comedy about divorce. This is definitely kind of just a pretty honest depiction of it, I felt. And I, um, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. Uh, so uh, in, as much as you can <laughs> enjoy kind of a, a difficult dark film about divorce, uh, that's, uh, that's my second pick, The Squid and the Whale. And a steal.
0: And a steal. There you go. Oh. Yep. Sorry, yep. buddy. I, I, I'm totally with you on this. It... It was hard to watch, and it actually is one of the reasons that I think I I don't I don't enjoy remembering divorce movies all that well, uh, and so I really appreciate your your commentary on it. I think it's uh, it it was. Besides that, it was I thought it was a terrific movie. So
1: did I tell you that Bummer. I'm sneaking a divorce uh, series onto the list later this year?
0: <laughs> uh, new phone? Who this? <laughs> <laughs>
2: So you didn't see it? No, I, I've I, no, I've, I've I've seen it because I heard and I saw it, and I haven't seen it since. And I, it is it is tough to watch, and I just I don't connect with him. I usually I don't. See, I usually don't. Yeah, yeah. I think I saw while we're young, uh, recently, and and I enjoyed enjoyed you know that one. But it goes back to like kicking and screaming, you know, was first, which was just like in that era of indie films in the 90s where it's like here's a bunch of people sitting around talking about how smart they are and look how clever they are and it just it it put me off um and i i mean i did appreciate it it just it wasn't a story that i really connected with um so that's yeah but i i I know that he's got a big uh you know people that are into his stuff really love his stuff so i can i can see its place there
0: There you go. All right. There you go. All right. Uh, My last, uh, we're going to say, bonus pick. Uh, Actually, we don't see the divorce in the movie. We see the the trying to reconcile uh, from the divorce. This is one of my very, very favorite movies. I think it's pretty divisive. Uh, It is from director Alexander Payne uh, based on... Uh, screenplay by Payne and Jim Taylor, and the book on uh, the book by Rex Pickett, which I haven't read. It is Sideways. Uh, it is the the story of um, uh, Miles uh, and Jack, uh, brilliantly played by Paul Giamatti and Thomas Hayden Church, uh, as they uh, head out to wine country for wine and to celebrating Jack's upcoming wedding and all of the things that go. Uh, hand in hand with that, and it is Miles that is uh, still processing his divorce, and he, you know we get we get some drunk telephone uh, uh, calls to his ex-wife, and uh, it's it's just it, it's just grim. And I think th- one of the things I like so much about it, and, and particularly the the way we address it in the film, is that Paul Giamatti is so good at handling the the sort of divorce PTSD. Uh, and, and in in the film, it, it's just it's something I really. Um, in so far as I can't connect with the divorce experience, I connect with his portrayal of it here, and uh, it's just a movie that I really connected with, and 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 love every time I watch it. I can put it on anytime. So, uh, Sideways uh, when did it come out? Two thousand four, I think. That was another one that I wanted
1: to have on my list, but I didn't because they were already divorced. But I know I'm glad you snuck it on here because. I uh, if if only for the scene toward the end of the film when uh, not to spoil it, but, you know, the you know, his ex kind of reveals something to him. Yeah. Watching Paul Giamatti and just the emotional reaction he has. I think that speaks to post-divorce relationships when you're trying to get along with your ex and how certain things in their life as they're moving on and changing things can really still affect you. I thought that was really powerful.
2: Nope. I mean, yes, I've seen it. Nope. I re- recall having a very strong reaction of disliking this movie. Oh. And I, I don't oh. know why. There was something about it that just... Just because you love Merlot. He, is, <laughs> no, it had nothing to do with that. Is he, is, he a, is he a writer or a yes, teacher or yes, something like that? He's trying to get was, his
0: first book published.
2: Right, and there was something about that that I don't know, and I can't... It's been so long since I've seen it, but... Because I'd heard all these things great things about it and I was like, okay, and I there was something about it that just was at odds with with me or something and I just did not like the sort of the theme or what this film had to say and I just I remember being really angry or upset about it for some reason but I can't remember what why. Oh. So,
0: mm. I didn't see it. it makes me sad. Yeah. It's so good. And okay. Sandra Oh and okay. Virginia Madsen are so Oh yes, so no wonderful. exactly. Oh. oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that proves that we should neither of us should ever watch this film again because we might be swayed the other way and I don't want to risk that. No, no, don't want to do that. All right. Uh, Steve. Uh, Oh, let's see.
2: When, whenever we do divorce movies, this is the one that it just, it's always there at the top of my list. And I, I'm, I'm sticking with the comedy route. Um, and this is just, it's ultimately quotable in our household. um, I guess maybe divorce is such. I don't know. I I prefer the comic take on this. And you know if if you're gonna get married, you better have a Miles Massey prenup in place uh, to, to make sure that you're protected on all sides. In 2003's Intolerable Cruelty, where we have multiple marriages and divorces, Joel and Ethan Cohen, George Clooney, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Billy Bob Thornton. Oh my gosh, I love this movie so much. It is one of my. It's it it's. A Cohen film that's not a Cohen film. Um, but it just is such a zany screwball comedy. I love it. It was not
1: my favorite of theirs. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't I didn't care for it that much. I thought it was pretty it had some funny moments. Uh certainly had a lot of Cohen feel to it. Uh but yeah, it was it was it's never been one that I cared for that much, and certainly not one that I have thought about revisiting. Oh
2: my gosh, Gus Petch, the, the whole court scene. Oh my gosh, so many great moments.
0: Well, I mean, it's just because I, Clooney is so versatile oh, as man. a performer. Yeah. I mean, he's just amazing that he can go from from property to property the way he does and still be incredibly charming and charismatic and awesome. Uh, I actually really like this movie. Uh, it's uh, I'm with you. It wasn't my favorite uh, of their films, but it, it is—it's uh, it certainly—I uh, I enjoy, I enjoyed my time with it. I, I like watching them together. I think they have a great uh, chemistry, and it's better than War of the Roses. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is.
2: <laughs> Way to drop oh, it wait. on my final pick, Pete.
0: Oh, <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> I loved War of
1: the Roses. Thank you very much. Oh, I watched this movie so many times when I was when I was uh, younger. I had so much fun with it. I can't believe that you just said that. I crushed crush my whole my whole happiness and vibes. Oh,
0: Andy, I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> That's okay. Uh, the War of the Roses is, is uh, it is a very uh, black comedy that Danny DeVito directed, uh, reuniting him along with Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner from Romancing the Stone and The Jewel of the Nile, I, uh, which is largely probably the reason that I went to the theater to watch this, because I loved their pairing so much. Um, It's, you know, it is a dark film. It's not a perfect film, but I just loved watching these two just go at it, and man, do they really go at it. Like, they are just terrible to each other as they're kind of going through this divorce, and And trying to, uh, you know, uh, one up each other on, on not wanting to kind of back down on everything, the house and everything in it. And, and just all of the, the battling that they do with each other. Um, And, and the whole thing is kind of, of course, bookended by their lawyer played by uh, Danny DeVito, who's, who's with another, uh, uh, a pair of people who are going to get divorced. And he's telling them this story um about the about the roses this couple played by Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner and and it ends up uh, and how horrible it ends up and of course it does help this couple um decide to reconcile and and find a way to settle their differences the right way. I had a great time with this movie. I haven't revisited it in a very long time, but my recollection is that I just found it to be just a fun and dark ride. So, so there. <laughs> oh okay you can have it (laughs) yep and that's on our divorce films uh series so it's out there now it's out
0: there i should probably watch it again i it's one of my memory of it is that it it got so dark and i think it's it's it is good really exemplifies why i'm just not uh, i don't I don't enjoy watching movies of, uh, about divorce in general. I think we've got a good set of films on this list, and they're good films apart from the divorces, uh, and that the story is not about the divorce. And this movie, that's all there is. And uh, yeah. and I, I, so I, I just have a hard time with it. I'm sure it's great. <laughs> well,
1: it's a dark comedy. <laughs> and, and I think
0: with, yes. with
1: Danny yeah. DeVito's dark comedies, you really have to uh, be... Ready for them, because, you yeah. know, he doesn't really hold back in this one. It's, no, it, he really does It's doesn't. pretty dark, pretty fun.
0: Yeah.
1: I was going to go with Boyhood as my last option, but, uh, you know, I was torn that, between I'm, those so, two, but a... you pushed me into that one.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Boyhood was on my list as well, but I decided to stick with the more lighter comedies, so... Yeah.
0: Okay. I'm also, let me say this then. Mm. Uh, War of the Roses is great, especially compared to First Wives Club. I'm gratified that oh. no one put First Wives Club <laughs> on the list.
2: <laughs> well, I also had, going back, and I remember seeing this on cable, and it's such an insidery movie, and I don't think it's it's a necessarily a good film, uh, but Irreconcilable Differences yeah. with Drew Barrymore and, and Ryan O'Neill. And I I remember just... And I guess I was, that's when I was starting to like appreciate and understand filmmaking and, and all of that. And just the, the whole like musical sequence in their remake of Gone with the Wind uh, is the one thing that I remember about that. But I, I have no recollection of if that story holds up or how, how dated that movie feels. But that was another one that was sort of as I was brainstorming, thinking of how do you, how do you handle the sensitive topic of divorce in a, in a comic way? Not in a disturbing, violent way like Andy enjoys. That's right.
0: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> all right, so what do we got going this week? Uh, we're going to be looking at Casablanca.
1: So there's one that we've actually all seen and can likely come up with a decent list. Or a set of oh, options for dear. everybody. So
2: what do you want to do? Um, misquoted movies? Famously misquoted movies? Are there more than one? Well, there's, there's two. <laughs> Treasure of the Sierra Madre. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We got what we got World war two uh oh well i I guess uh, well, how would you i guess like the the relationship of like i don't know come uh, rekindling an old romance
0: oh I like that like the the whole uh reunited bit right yeah like, that's i like that i what Weirdly, I'm we just with, had
1: I, that as an option for a Chinese puzzle rekindling I know, right? old flames. Funny? so they perfect.
0: I okay. I also I, I really want to do something related to nightclubs, but nightclubs in revolution. Uh, Are <laughs> there oh any gosh. movies like that besides this? Oh, like wartime nightclubs, oh, wartime great wartime nightclubs. I don't know, <laughs> but it just feels I, like I that should I be will make represented sure somewhere for
1: that one because I don't know if I'll be able to <laughs> put a list I think
0: just
2: I think nightclubs in general was would be fine. Okay, best nightclubs you, you, in movies.
0: You, yeah. Okay. Well, I like that. That's broad. Okay. How about
1: it? It needs to yeah. specifically be nightclubs with, uh, with uh, live music.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. Yes. That's that at least harder. limits
1: it. So we're not just listening to jukeboxes. Yes.
0: Right. 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 And uh, what well, else? is it? What is else? It, does it, uh, how about uh, okay. uh,
1: sacrificing your uh, relationship for the better good? Uh, okay. Is that is okay. that uh, too difficult to put together?
0: I think that's no. We're up for a challenge. Yeah. Could do that. I like that.
1: All right. Okay. Well, so that's it. Rekindling like an it. old romance, nightclubs with live music, and sacrificing a relationship for the greater good. Beautiful. Wonderful.
0: Beautiful. Let's do it. All right. Uh, it is right. up, everybody.
1: So get your votes in.
0: Uh And we got a boogie because I'm very yeah. excited. Uh Andy and I have another show to go record. And we do. Oh, all right. Mark's an end of an era. But yeah, we're
1: recording the final episode of the Marvel Movie Minute Iron Man. Oh, wow. Yeah. Special guest, too. Very excited. It's going to be a good one.
0: Okay. It's going to be a good one. All right. right. Well, thank you, Steve. May the fourth be with you. Yes. May the... Is that... Oh, wow. That's today. We didn't even make any uh, gags. No. Mm. No. I guess that's played. I guess we just did.
2: Well, we can, we can bring that over into Discord, and we can talk about the loss of Peter Mayhew and oh, all of that yeah, over there. That's true. Way yes. to bring it down, so right? Exactly but yeah, I gotta, thanks. Yes, thanks, yes. Steve. all right. Awesome. Thanks, <laughs> <All> everybody,
0: <laughs> for downloading and listening to this. We sure appreciate it. And thank you, all of our patrons, who make all of this stuff possible. We appreciate you. Have a great weekend. Hondo. <laughs> oh, geez, I said me. May the 4th. That's
2: a, that was my it. That was my May the 4th. May the 4th Hondo be with you. <laughs>
0: Just visit the slash originals. Your purchase is made through our links. Give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations.
1: It's a wonderful way to support the show.